Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday Word. This is a deeper dive into Pastor David's sermon, a chance to get to uh, wrestle with some of the questions that he has given us to go along with his sermon um, and read his devotion that he's written. So we welcome you here. Um, If you haven't had a chance to listen to his sermon yet or to watch it, you can do that uh, on the website. It's not necessary, but it gives you some great context and also we will read along his devotional. We would love to have any comments or thoughts that you have. So from whenever, wherever you are listening, please feel free to uh, comment below so we can hear your thoughts as well. I'm happy to have a first time guest today, but not a first time to many of you. We have with us Bibi Breckner. So Bibi, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your um, time here at Desert Spring and a little bit about you. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I love the podcast. I've listened to it since it started. So I came here, moved here in 2016 from Nashville after my husband died and I was telecommuting so I could go anywhere. My daughter was here and planning to get married. So it was great, very different. And um, so I've been a member of Desert Spring for uh, over four years now. You are such a great part of our church family, and she is one of our first loyal listeners, so it's great that we can have you as a guest. Also, we have Chris Devereaux. Hello. And uh, he's uh, here every week, and he always has great insight. And my name is Julie Hart. I serve as Director of Connectional Ministries here at um, Desert Spring. So welcome, everyone. Thank you again for being here. We'll just jump right into it. So Pastor David's devotional starts with the scripture from Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, which says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Pastor David says, Last Sunday I began my sermon remembering a question I was asked as a part of my ordination process. How would I explain the Holy Spirit to a child? I remembered the story of Nicodemus from John 3 and compared the Holy Spirit to the wind. We may not be able to see the Holy Spirit, but we can feel the Spirit and we can see what the Spirit does in our lives. That is one way to talk about the Holy Spirit. So his question to us, and we're going to start with you, Bibi, is when you think of the Holy Spirit, what comes to your mind? How do you describe the Holy Spirit? And what thoughts do you have about the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people? Well, um, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I simply think of the presence of God. And that presence of God can be a big explosion of the presence of God, the glory of God. It can be a small, quiet urge in your soul. Um, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So, but I just describe the Holy Spirit as the very presence of God. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in people's lives. And, and I certainly have experienced the Holy Spirit at work in my life, but in others, when you see these incredible acts of kindness and courage and uh, just outpouring of love. Uh, So, 
but like I said, many times the work of the Holy Spirit is within your own soul. Mm, yeah, that's I really, like that. Yeah, isn't that really beautiful? What about you, Chris? How would you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, similar to Bibi. I um, it's more of like the feeling, the feeling of God. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a little, probably a little different for everybody, but. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I did just sort of touch on explaining the Holy Spirit to kids and we used a marshmallow, right? But that's because we were making right. s'mores. And, and and I talked about how the Holy Spirit always sticks with us, right? Um, so, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit, I think of it in terms, when people used to say this, I didn't really, until I experienced it, when people say, oh, you can feel the Spirit moving here, or it's just something, it's a, it's that feeling that you have and you can, you can, um, I don't know. Now I've had enough experiences that I'm like, oh, that's what that's what the the spirit moving. Sometimes you can be in a space. Sometimes in worship, when um, you know everyone that, that I think is that unity also when the spirit's bringing us together, moving through us, where we can feel connected. So I think that's a lot of what I think about it too. And I think my my most common experience of it is definitely worship mm-hmm. when there's kind of that buzz. You know, yeah. maybe maybe during uh, the holiday season or whatnot, but. Um, when it's kind of that buzz around and everyone has that energy. Yeah, the energy, the electricity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, e- exactly. And I've had Holy Spirit moments where I actually did feel that electricity, like an actual in 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 me, and you know. So mm-hmm. I, I I relate to that, just that energy that you feel. So um, yeah. And, and what we're what we're talking about here is the presence of God can be a collective experience or an individual experience. Yes. And that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that really really is cuz you can just be standing out under the stars and and, ha- and feeling that on your own or also yeah, together. And there are certainly people that I, I feel I feel the Holy Spirit presence often when I'm with them. You know, Pastor Ida Easley was one of those people. She just just her mere presence, you just you just felt the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, and there are some other people in my life that I, I feel that same way. So, so Pastor David goes on to say, In this sermon, I described the Holy Spirit as a conduit for grace, God's love in action in our lives. This grace that comes to us by the Holy Spirit brings us to the faith and then grows us from infants in faith to maturity and what St. Paul called the full stature of Christ. How did you become a Christian? Looking back upon becoming Christian, can you identify ways the Holy Spirit was at work in your life, and if so, in what ways? And I, I was late in life being a Christian. Um, I was thinking about this. Um, I was in, you know, 26, I think, when I got married, and I was married in a church, and that was sort of um, the beginning of that for me. And I wasn't, I just went to get married. I didn't go to become a Christian. <laughs> You know, I always I believed in God and prayed to God, but I wouldn't call myself a Christian in the sense that I didn't really, you know, understand what it all meant. But I can recognize that just in being drawn to wanting to be married in a church was the Holy Spirit stirring in me. Like, what made me? Religion had not been a positive experience for me as a child. It, I was sort of on the outs because I wasn't a part of the religion that everybody else was. And so... What was it that stirred inside of me that said, but I want to be married in a church? And I, I, I think that stirring in me was the Holy Spirit. And I think about the people that I encountered along the way that made me want to come back and how the Spirit was working working in them. When, and one of the very first people I met at University Church where I was married is Phyllis Murray. 
And I don't even know how we ended up becoming friends. But I, I think definitely that feeling I had when I was around her and, and that Holy Spirit working through her in my life is something that is a big part of my faith journey now. So, um, you know, I think... It just wasn't was one moment. I'm like, oh, I'm going to become a Christian. I think it was just these Holy Spirit moments and these little steps along the way, and 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 working through the people that that were in my life that 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 brought me to becoming a Christian. So I'm grateful to them for um, honoring the Holy Spirit that you know nudged them to nudge me, and I'm grateful to all those people along the way that could share their stories to help me to to embrace it and, and make it a part of my own. So. What about you, Chris? Uh, well, I I came to live with Jerry and David when I was seven. And since then, uh, David was uh, pastoring a church in Camp Verde. So ever since then, 1993, I went to church every single Sunday. Um, and so I was kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, forced into to church. But um, I answered an altar call at a uh, Christian concert um, when I was in junior high. And that was the first time that I really felt like this Christian thing was for me, you know, like I actually had a feeling of it. And But then, um, you know, through life, um, kind of veered away and kind of like you, Julie, um, later in life where... Um, kind of came back not that I ever left the church per se but I was definitely not a regular attender I wasn't participating in the life of the church um, when I lived in Texas uh, for a few years um, I tried to go to some other churches but they just didn't feel like home to me so I kind of turned it off real quick um, and something that kind of is a good example of how I kind of felt was does anybody ask you what how your relationship with God is yeah yeah. <laughs> I, I oftentimes was asked that question yeah. in, you know, like high school, um, college age. And I was always perplexed by the question. Uh-huh. And I was like, what is it? What do you mean by this? Right. It's so presumptive, you know, for you to ask me how my relationship with God is. And yet in my adult years now, I feel like that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and that, you know, you have this relationship that slowly but surely kind of improves and becomes mm-hmm. more intimate and more important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, hurrah for the people putting that in my brain and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at 16, 17, yeah. you know, asking me how my how my relationship with God is. But um, anyway. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, Bibi, I am really excited for everyone to hear um, your story of becoming, uh, coming to the faith and um, how the Holy Spirit was in work in that. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this moment. <laughs> well, it, it is a very powerful story. Now, I always believed in God when I met my husband. We were very young. We felt like our meeting was from God. And we eventually had a son, and we were raising him nominally Jewish. Um, And then I became pregnant with the second child that we were delighted, but the pregnancy was a very, very difficult one. And um, in the last month, I was told through some testing uh, that the baby was severely deformed severely deformed and there were just going to be a lot of problems and I had to come in every other day 
um, until the baby was born. So um, that really threw me. And I went home and I cried for two days. Uh, I still had to take care of our little toddler, but I cried. And I remember um, laying on the bed uh, during nap time, just crying and, and then realizing that this baby was going to be born, whether I could deal with it or not. And there was only one thing to do, and that's to ask God for help. And I got down on my knees by the bed and I prayed what I now know is the most powerful prayer you can pray. And that is one of complete surrender to God. And the moment I did that, the moment I said, God help me, I can't do this by myself. There, this presence came into the room, this, this peace. And I knew it was from God. I had, I had no words to describe it, except it was so powerful and so incredibly peaceful that I remember rocking back on my heels and just marveling at this and just being so full of joy. And I was at peace. God was with me. I didn't know anything else. Okay. <laughs> didn't know anything else, but but God answered my prayer and I was at peace through all of the appointments and the bad news. And sure enough, uh, one day at an appointment, the doctor said, go to the hospital right now. The baby's in trouble. And I went to the hospital, called my husband and um, some more testing. And it was really, really bad news. And the doctor said, we're going to have everyone on staff, pediatricians, the full staff, and they were all there. Then all of a sudden, emergency time, and they had to rush me into uh, emergency C-section. So um, I tried with the oxygen mask on and everything. I tried to convey to my husband through my eyes, I was at perfect peace. I didn't understand it, but I was. And then um, I remember the all of a sudden, you know, being in the operating room and all of a sudden I wasn't there anymore. And I was this, this, I was surrounded by glory, this intense light, this incredible love that just pulsed through me. And it was God and God was pouring out this love. I thought I knew what love was. I had a strong love for my husband and my child. This was love just unbelievable I can't describe it and that love was just going through every atom in my being this incredible light and I knew then everything was okay I mean I could just just feel it and then all of a sudden I opened my eyes and there was my husband crying and saying it's a girl and she's just perfect and the and she was I can't tell you how much joy was in that room with all the doctors, all the pediatricians and the whole staff was in there and they were so full of joy because she was perfect. And the doctor said to me, we don't understand it. We can't explain it. It's one for the books. And uh, I was just, I, I was just stunned and so, so full of joy. 
couple of days later, you know, finally home, finally a quiet time because we had a toddler there too. And I said to my husband, when we had a quiet time, I said, I've got to tell you what happened to me. And his eyes got big and he said, I've got to tell you what happened to me. <laughs> and it turned out because he couldn't go because it was an emergency. He couldn't go into the room as planned. They shut the door in his face, but he wasn't going to leave me alone. So he slipped into the room and he said, the moment the knife started to slice through me, he felt this presence coming into the room and he knew it was God. And he started to cry because he knew everything would be okay. Everything was fine, no matter what happened. And and so then I told him my story and I continued every time, you know, many times I would just start to thank God and that presence would come into the room with me, this, this light, this glory. And if I didn't have this newborn baby, I would have to have fallen on the floor. The, the presence was heavy with the glory of God. I've got no words to explain it really. So what do you do with this? This is the Holy Spirit. What do you do with it? We didn't know. <laughs> but a few weeks later, uh, our son was in a little preschool at the Methodist church down the street. And we got it. He brought home a note saying that they were going to sing in the Sunday service. And we looked at each other. I mean, we wouldn't have thought to go to church, you know, <laughs> and, but it was our son. He was going to sing. We went. And as soon as the pastor started to speak, I felt that same presence of God. And when we got out of the service, I said to my husband, I said, that same presence of God, that same spirit I felt, it's there. And he, he looked at me, he said, really? <laughs> and I said, yes, we've got to go. We've got to go back. And so we started to go back, especially me. And every time I would feel that same presence of God, especially Sunday night service, which was small and intimate, no choir, no liturgy, just people sharing their stories. And we learned, and I said, I've got to be baptized. And I was baptized there in that Methodist church. A few months later, my husband was baptized. So that's the work of the Holy Spirit way before we even knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And as we moved through our faith, the Holy Spirit uh, really, and people around us really uh, started to teach us. And um, it's just been an incredible experience. Wow. Wow, Bibi, that's so beautiful. And, you know, we're sisters in that. We both had traumatic births with our with our kids and I it's interesting because I think that my strongest Holy Spirit moments have been in times of uh, life beginning and life ending you know Mm -hmm. and it's just I think that me you know it's not that the Holy Spirit isn't always with us obviously Holy Spirit is always with us and but it's I think in these um when the veil is thin, as as David would say, these moments that you get to experience that. And yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. I always like to tell people, you know, um, when they ask about the Holy Spirit, we, we cannot comprehend all the ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And I know 
uh, people whose uh, kids may be seeking God in different ways. And I say, God honors the seekers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think we have to share our Holy Spirit stories more because in the years of working with youth, it's like they, it's easy to understand God and Jesus, but the Holy Spirit's always been one that's been harder, I think, for people to understand. And I, I always you know, say, go ask your grandma, go ask your, you know, we've got to share these, these moments that we experience because for me, those, they, my first Holy Spirit moments came when I was pregnant with my first son. Also, I almost lost him. And, and, you know, um, in fact, when I, when I was, um, I had toxemia, so it, it did, I was in labor for a couple of days before we had him and they, and at some point, at one point the nurses came in and said, she's not going to make it, you know, and, um, and I remember that same piece, Phoebe, that you're talking about. Like, I, I was like, it's, I like, it's okay. And same thing. They said that, you know, there was something really wrong with him. They couldn't say what, all the tests were wrong and, you know, but that same, yeah. So that I didn't do those tests the next time, but, <laughs> but that same kind of piece of like, you know, just praying for God. And, to, and that's the first time I felt the physical, like physically feeling that, that warmth. And, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I think that the key is to ask. Mm-hmm. The key is to ask. Mm-hmm. Seek, ask, find. Thank you for sharing that, Bibi. Wow. But again, the, the children the children get us there. It's always the kids that get, see, you got the little invitation to the program. So that's, that's great, too, to see how that, and you were just primed and ready for that, to receive that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, Pastor David goes on to say, growth in faith is something that happens over time. The Holy Spirit is growing me up in my faith, but I have a ways to go to live into what Paul means by the full stature of Christ. So his question is, what does the full stature of Christ mean to you? And how will you know if you have reached maturity as a Christian? And he talked about this in his interview. That was one of the questions when he was becoming ordained is did, did he think he would uh, achieve that? He would, you know, reach that. And, if, and and he says he does, right? And he hasn't yet working on it, but that he does. So how will you, how will you know when you have arrived? Well, um, to me, the full statue of Christ means complete goodness. And by that, I mean selflessness. And uh, that, to me, is uh, just being Christ-like and in the full sense of the word. That's something that I think few people can attain, but it's something that, uh, that we should all strive for. And by that, I just mean understanding that everyone in the world is in the image of God. That's not easy to do. And to put yourself last, never, never first, that's also difficult to do. But you can see that in action. And there's there are people that are like that. To me, that's the full statue of Christ. It's just that, that incredible love, that incredible goodness and selflessness. Yeah, that kind of goodness is the love that you that's what you're that you're talking about, BB. I think that's I think that's it. 
and and that is the greatest the greatest is love that's what that's that we have one one job right to be here in love but it's it's not the easiest job sometimes you know and I sometimes I see people that just have so much love when love is not coming back to them I think when you're able to give love when when love is not what you're getting back to me that's that's a kind of maturity that will make me know I'm getting closer to that place and it's easy to give love like to children, I can give love and not give love back from children because I just love children, and and you know, but but when it's harder with adults to give love and not and not get it back, I think. But then, you know, we shouldn't be seeking to receive it; we should be seeking to give that love. So, and can, does anybody have anyone else they want to say that they think is really close to that full stature that's in your lives that you look to and go, "Wow, you're getting really close." Well, I have. A personal story that um, was very instructive to me. And uh, my brother is an alcoholic. And um, so for some years, um, when we were younger, he lived with us, you know, I was always trying to help him. But you understand with addictions, they have to come to the point where they seek help. But I was always his contact person and uh, he would work and then and then get into the bad situation again. So one time the work called me, they hadn't seen him for a long time. I had an address and of course I would go and I would get him help. I would clean out his place and get him help, get him in the hospital or whatever. And so I had this address and I went into the city and it was a horrible place. Uh, It was, uh, you know, a a motel that had been turned into apartments. And I realized I didn't know which room he was in and I couldn't knock on all the doors. And so I saw this group of men standing, you know, hanging out and um, they were really rough, scary looking guys. I did not want to ask them. I didn't want to talk to them, but I knew I had to ask someone. I had to find my brother. So I I um, prayed for strength, for bravery, and I went over to them and I started to ask them if they knew my brother. And the minute I started to speak that, all of a sudden, this was something that the Holy Spirit did. I was all of a sudden looking at me through their eyes. I was scared to death of them, but God gave me this different perspective. And I saw that they were afraid of me. They were, they, they were looking at me because I represented everything normal, everything they did not have. And they were this incredible sadness that they had. And, and then I, felt this rush of compassion. And I knew that was God. And um, from then on, and, you know, I found my brother and he's been fine for a couple of decades now. Uh, But I've never forgotten that lesson that God gave me. And that is to see people through God's eyes. And I pray that often, especially with people that I'm having trouble with. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, give me your eyes to see your people through and it really is very powerful and that i think is the holy spirit helping me out and trying to teach me to look at the world through god's eyes and not mine Mm -hmm. 
But I like what you said too, like thinking of the eyes of, of how they saw you, right? I mean, we always try to put ourselves in, you know, their shoes, but to think about how are they looking at, that's a really interesting perspective to think of, like what, what, what might they be seeing in yeah. me? Yeah. It blew my mind. Mm-hmm. It really did. Mm-hmm. And that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. What a good prayer. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I know. You know, I I am blessed, and Bibi, you're part of one of my groups of women that, uh, in fact, I've got to, Phyllis Murray just preached on the church ladies this Sunday. I've got to watch that or listen to that, find it wherever I can. But um, I have been so blessed to ha- to be have really great, phenomenal women in the church that I get to be a part of. Our, we have an Emmaus group that we're a part of, um, which I so appreciate because most of the ladies in the group are further along than I am in their journeys. And so I get to learn a lot. Um, I have other groups like that, too. We had the women's retreat this um, past weekend up at Potosi. And there were just times when I was just so moved by, like, wow, like the opportunity is for us to be able to share with each other and to learn from each other and, and to look at these these women um, the, pretty pretty far along in their spiritual maturity and just to be able to sit and, and to hear to hear I think there's a calmness there's more of a peace in, in about it it's not a frantic I need to teach you this or, or you need to learn this is just this this is this is what I've come to know and that peace about it and I love to be I love to be around people like that it's like a quiet assurance yes yeah yeah it's wonderful so well, One of the things we do in that group is to to speak about our closest to Christ moment. Yeah. And we call it closest to Christ, but really it's a Holy Spirit moment. It really is. We do that too. It's just being uh, uh, in the presence of God moment. And so it forces us to think we should do it more often, of course, like every day. Because every day we can find God's presence in our lives. But it is a good discipline to meet together regularly and talk about our closest to Christ moments. Mm -hmm. And it is true. I think part of, I was thinking a part of that maturity, um, getting to that full stature is being able to recognize where God is at work instead of like, oh, I did this awesome thing. Like, no, God did this awesome thing. Or to be able to recognize that that presence there. And I think you're right that just knowing that we're going to meet, you know, sometimes I'll think, oh, this is my closest to Christ. And then the next thing happens, like, no, this is the one. This is it. <laughs> so, but it, and I think also hearing how other people identify their closest to Christ, their Holy Spirit moments makes you recognize like, oh yeah, some those things have happened to me too. Um, those Holy Spirit moments. So yeah, I love that. Well, Pastor David goes on to say, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, Paul describes the mature Christian, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He calls these characteristics of the Christian life the fruits of the Spirit. By that, he means God wants us wants our lives to be full of these virtues, and the Holy Spirit is at work in us, growing us up in faith, that increasingly our lives model these Christian virtues. So one way we can evaluate our growth as Christians is to do some self-reflection, asking ourselves if you see more and more of these virtues present in our day-to-day lives. So he asks, how are you doing? 
Many of us have some of each of these virtues, but many of us don't have a full measure of them. In other words, sometimes we are kind, but, but other times maybe not so much. Sometimes we are patient, but other times maybe not so much. Of the fruits of the Spirit, are there a few of the fruits that you would say you have a pretty big measure of? Pastor Dave says, for me, I have a full measure of joy. My joy up to now has been unshakable. Sure, I am sad sometimes, but the joy of the Lord always and eventually breaks through. Meanwhile, there are times when peace can be a bit elusive, especially with all that is going on in our world. Are there fruits of the are there any of the fruits of the spirit that are not as present in your life yet? Okay, so there were like seven questions in there, but we're <laughs> focusing on the the fruits of the spirit that we that we think we have the full measure of and and maybe the ones that that we don't as much. So um, well, I think that I have strong faith, and that is because I've had extraordinary experiences uh, with God. Um, I'm very grateful. So my my faithfulness is strong. Um, I think um, I think love because I, you know, I I just have felt so much the love of God but I agree with Chris the self-control is something that um, continues and that's the self-control over my desires um, and trying to bring more discipline my patience uh, has gotten better with age I think you your patience often gets better with age because you know you can't do things as quickly or multiple things at a time, that kind of thing, but it's not there yet. So I think in all of these though, um, I have not reached the full measure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the closest one, well, at camp we talk about like having juicy fruit, like your fruit basket, not being, you know, rotten, dried up fruit, but you know, what's, what's, which fruit is the juiciest? And I think for me, it is joy also. I think my default is joy. I, I think I got the joy gene from my mom. And just by default, in most situations, I can I find joy in them. Um, and I think kind of joy and love are tied together. If you can find something to love about the situation or the people. or um, So that's, that's easiest for me. Also, but I'm very uncomfortable when I don't have a full measure of joy. I don't. When I'm when I'm not feeling joyous, it's just a very I don't I'm not. It's very hard for me to navigate that feeling of not feeling joy, um, because it's just uncomfortable for me, um, or to feel not not feeling love. That's that's something when I feel like that, it's just very uncomfortable. So I think my maturity would be in not just recognizing like oh I don't feel that joy, but but what I can do about it and how I get there, other than just not liking that feeling um but yeah uh patience is not my jam that's not my <laughs> and mostly I'm not patient with myself we had something I forgot oh I didn't write the devotional last week for the podcast oh my gosh I was so mad at myself you know we we're in staff meetings like oh where's the devotional for the podcast we're recording in an hour I'm like oh my gosh like that was me and I was so I carried that for several days like man how could I have like just like so impatient with myself and so um I and hope yet I... you still wrote a great one and the episode was fantastic <laughs> I, it went on I did it but uh I but I did that feeling of being so mad at myself did not go away for a while so I think that I think that we needed to treat ourselves 
these fruits of the spirit are not just ways for us to engage with other people, but to engage with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we think about that, like I never would be that hard on someone else for forgetting something like that. Um, you know, but I just get impatient with myself. So if we can give ourselves the same kind of dose of the fruits of the spirit, maybe that will help us grow with other people. But, Definitely. Yeah. That's a good point. So Pastor David goes on to say, remembering that it is the Holy Spirit that grows us in our faith. It is the Holy Spirit that will help us grow in these virtues. One day we will embody them. One of the ways we partner with the Holy Spirit is to use our God-given gifts in service to Christ. The Holy Spirit has given each of us spiritual gifts or special abilities through which the Holy Spirit works to accomplish God's will and purposes. When we use our gifts to do the good in this world, the Holy Spirit meets us in our efforts, bringing blessings to others, while also growing us more in the faith. Maybe you've had this experience. You do something to help another person, and after you do so, you wonder what, who got more out of the experience, you are the person that, or the person you helped. He says, can you remember this kind of experience? And I always do say like to people who are looking to serve or who are serving, if you're not a joyful servant, there are so many places to serve. If it doesn't bring you joy, then, you know, you're probably, there's probably, you're not tapping into a gift that you have that could really be a blessing somewhere else. It shouldn't be all dread. I mean, things should be hard. They can be hard and challenging and difficult. But if you do it and you do it and you do it and you do not have joy, I think that's a clue that maybe you're not using your, you know, spiritual God-given gifts, you know, to, to do the work. Um, because you should feel that joy, you know. And I like how he says partnering with the Holy Spirit. When you're using your gifts and you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, not only should you feel that joy, but you should see joy in other people, you know, around you, that they're, that they're receiving joy from, from that. So... When I first took the spiritual gifts inventory, it was like magic to me, like, oh my word, like, so knowing those things, I looked for like, well, how could I use these? Or when things would come up, I would, I would know, okay, this is something I could be a part of, or, you know, this is definitely not where I'm going to best use my, my time and my energy. But it was so exciting just to be able to learn about those gifts um, for myself. So, Bibi, do you know your spiritual gifts? Yes. Um, so I took an inventory kind of thing years ago, decades ago, and uh, took it again just recently when when we did it. What was that, 2018 or 19? And uh, it was amazing how uh, the couple of the gifts remain the same, but they can change. So it's always good to do the self-inventory. And I think that's a great teaching you just said, Julie, that you have to be comfortable uh, doing it and have joy doing it, or it's not your gift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's very important for us to learn. Um, I worked for many years in a corporation and our CEO had a thing he called being in alignment. And at first we thought it was really strange because he would just break a meeting and say, is this in alignment with our goals? And then we began to realize, yeah, that really, uh, that really got us back on track in a lot of cases. And that's what we have to do with the spiritual gifts, make sure that uh, we're in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to, I watch you teach 
Um, and I'm going to guess that teaching is one of yours because I, I watch you. I don't get to attend your Sunday school class, but I watch the videos and it, it, it feels like it's joyous for you and the people who are, you know, recipients of, of your teachings. Would you say so? Well, that's new for me, but, um, um, my strongest gift is the gift of discernment, which, uh, doesn't always win you friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. You know, <laughs> you can't you can't see me, uh, yeah. but but I'm I am I'm in agreement. <laughs> Chris is smiling. <laughs> but I am I am um, getting into that. Yes, that teaching, and that's been that's been a training time with the Holy Spirit in the teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think one of my top ones is faith, and I. And, and maybe, I don't know, sometimes I it might come across as like, wow, she doesn't really get it, does she? Like, oh, no. But I think that faith of, I don't know, it's going to work out, it's going to be fine, you know, and, and um, knowing that God is in it, I think that's one that served me well during the pandemic. Um, that, that, that's when I really appreciate that gift of like, okay, this is, I don't even know what this is going to be. I don't even know what tomorrow is going to be or 2.30 today. But just having the faith that God is in it. So and it's nice when people are looking to be able to serve and to be able to to give their time to say, hey, there's this there's this tool you can you can take and kind of help you find your way. And when your spiritual gifts and your passion and all that come together, it's it's yeah. And you work alongside the Holy Spirit. I think that's that's amazing to see. So I watch Lydia with the kids, you know, watching her with her gifts. And I'm like, oh, that just delights me to watch her. Yes. And when you see that happening, you understand. One thing that was helpful to me when I took it, uh, took the test, that was in the new member orientation. Yeah. That um, at the end, we all we all do that. And that's helpful to know where you can slide into the work of the church. and I felt that was a helpful thing. I don't know if you still do that on new member orientation, but it was helpful for those in my class and myself. We haven't been doing that because it's condensed from what it used to be, the new member orientation. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think it'd be great to get back to that because when people, especially if you're new to the whole thing, not just new to a Methodist, but but new to all of it, I think that's that's a really good tool to help you. And then you can say these are the kind of, like God bless those with the gift of administration because there's, you know, there's such a need for that or, um, you know, all the gifts really, of course, it's back to the body of Christ, but you know, <laughs> all, all roads lead to the body of Christ, but helping people find their place in that. So wonderful. And that, that really does, um, um, illustrate the fact that you do get more out of your experience when you're using your gifts, you're blessing others, but it's uh, it's a beautiful blessing for you as well. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite sentence in this one is what you just read, right? When we use our gifts to do good in this world, the Holy Spirit meets us in our effort, bringing blessings to others while also growing us more in the faith. And mm-hmm. I think that's like yep. totally true. <laughs> that's totally, yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Pastor David goes on to say, 
There's much to be said about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comforts us, guides us, advocates for us, convicts us, converts us, grows us in the faith, equips us for ministry, and so much more. Let's give thanks to God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I love that. He, he says, God bless you. But I, I do think, I just I just want to say to anyone who's listening and who's who's been blessed to have those Holy Spirit moments, um, to share those to share those moments with with other people, and particularly the younger people in your lives who are trying to understand what what is this Holy Spirit thing? Because I think it's it's you know not quite as mysterious as as it gets made out to be. I think um, just that presence and to share those moments to help them recognize when it happens to them, like oh, this is what's happening. This is this is the Holy Spirit. Um, and I think hearing hearing those stories of when other people have had had that it helps me grow in my faith too. So wonderful. Well, um, I'm so happy that you could join us, Bibi. We are getting ready for those of you listening to um, take a few weeks, um, uh, a little a little short break. But when we come back with our podcast, we're going to spend the summer doing summer stories. And we would just love to share some of the stories of people in the church. So if you are one of those that's been like Bibi listening for, for a while or maybe um, they might be new here but listening and you have a story to tell, we would love to have you come and be a guest. It won't be the same format uh, with a devotional where we'll be asking questions. It will really just be sharing your story. Who are you? Um, And a part of your faith journey. Um, We have so many great people I know that are part of the Desert Spring and people who are out listening. And so we, you know, your story is our story and it's all God's story. So we would love to we would love to hear those stories. Also, if you want to throw someone else under the bus and tell us Hey, you should really uh, talk to so and so about their story. We'd love to hear <laughs> <laughs> you got some friends leads. under your bus, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we would love to love to have that. So, we appreciate you listening. We won't be having the devotionals and the podcast for a few weeks, but again, summer stories will will be coming soon. And um, just thank you so much. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, close us in prayer. Gracious, loving God. We thank you for this time to come together. We thank you for um, Pastor David's message this week and for his devotional and for questions that he's given us um, to to think about. Uh, We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and for the opportunities that we have to share with each other so that we can um, help each other grow in our faith and grow in our own as well. We know, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is is always present with us. Um, We just ask that uh, we can take the opportunity to to pause and stop and recognize when that's happening. Help us to take that time uh, just to sit, to sit and be. We thank you for um, the people that you put in our lives to help us to grow in our faith, and we just hope, ask for you to help us to recognize to those people that we are to reach out to as well, and to share your message and your love, um, that we can do that work. We thank you for the spiritual gifts that you have given us, Lord, and we just pray for opportunities to be able to use them and to uh, partner with you uh, to be able to to do the work and to bless others. And we thank you for the blessing that we receive in that. 
And of course, help us as we uh, work on our fruits of the Spirit, Lord, uh, working towards a full measure of all the fruits of the Spirit that we know will help us to live more fulfilling lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>